This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Bringing you a common sense and fresh perspective to creating a just society. This is Common Sense on Social Justice. You'll get equipped with the tools you need to carry out social justice right where you are. Now, here's the host of Common Sense on Social Justice, Michael Davis. And thank you so much for joining us. I am so glad you are here once again. I love having this conversation with you uh, once a week. Today, we're going to talk about a topic that actually gets to the root of justice, and that is uh, love and mercy. Uh, today, we're going to talk about how love and mercy are actually the, the root of all justice. And if you can get these two uh, uh, characteristics or virtues uh, um, taken care of in your life and built and developed, then we just may be on to something when it comes to bringing about justice in society. So what if life were simple? What if there were simple solutions to seemingly complex situations? Well, uh, let me tell you, there are. I was talking to a friend earlier today, and I told them, I said, the way you can tell if something is wisdom or if it's foolishness is that wisdom is simple and foolishness is complicated. So that at least was my two cents advice on the subject. But Jesus often showed that the answers to complex life issues were actually quite simple. For example, prayer. Uh, He was mentioning to people that you don't need to keep repeating your prayers endlessly and in an empty way. And one day the disciples said, Jesus, teach us how to pray. Now, if it was some preacher or most preachers or teachers uh, who were asked that question by the disciples, teach us to pray, there probably would have been a multi-volume set printed and a entire series on the subject. But when the disciples asked Jesus, uh, teach us to pray, Jesus simply said, when you pray, pray our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, and so on. Simple, but that prayer captures the whole gamut. Right there. Uh, Another example, paying taxes. There's been books written, should we pay taxes? And the religious leaders in trying to uh, trap Jesus one day, they said they thought they could trap him to either get him to support the Roman Empire or to be against the empire and get him in trouble with the empire. But if he supported the empire, then he's really not the Messiah. So they said, hey, Jesus, should we pay taxes? And instead of a lengthy discourse, Jesus says, well, do you have a coin? They gave him a coin and he said, whose inscription is on this image is on this coin? And they said, Caesar's. And he said, well, then render to Caesar what is Caesar's and render to God what is God's. And what he was saying is you see this image and he was tipping them off 
to the commandment in the Ten Commandments is you shall not make graven images and worship them. You're saying, look, you guys are worshiping the empire. You need to be worshiping and serving God instead. But he did it in such a simple way. Uh, another example, the Good Samaritan. You know, you've got in the story of the Good Samaritan, you've got this guy who's wounded by a robber on the path, and he uh, has three people come by who are full-blooded uh, Jews, a priest, a rabbi, and they come by and they turn the other side. They make all these complicated just self-justifications why they can't help this wounded guy on the side of the road. And the Good Samaritan comes along, this Samaritan half-bred uh, uh, Jew. Uh, he doesn't make any justifications. He just helps the guy. In other words, Jesus is showing us that to serve God and to live out justice uh, is simple. And just like with the Good Samaritan, the last example I used, love and mercy was at the root of that Samaritan's act of justice toward that wounded man. Now, when it comes to justice, the root, again, is quite simple. And if we get the root correct then the branches will naturally grow out of that. And what is the root of justice? It is, again, love and mercy. Now, I want to share uh, something from the Gospels with you, uh, from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 9, where Jesus uh, is calling Matthew, who's a tax collector, to follow him. And the religious leaders begin to complain that Jesus is hanging out with the tax collectors and sinners who... The tax collectors were rejected and hated people in society and not seen fit to be worthy of God's love. And uh, in uh, Matthew 9, 13, Jesus tells them, uh, he says, when he heard them grumbling about this, he said, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick go and learn what this means. And Jesus quotes the Old Testament. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I came not to call the righteous the sinners. So Jesus quotes an Old Testament pa passage, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, which is God saying that. And so what God really wants from us is not all these religious sacrifices uh, in order to be in relationship with God, but to show mercy uh, to our fellow humans, fellow creatures. The religious leaders had made this so complicated. They made this system so extremely burdensome and complicated. But Jesus comes along, makes it simple, and says, hey, it's all about showing mercy to one another. Now, another scripture I want to show you is share with you is from St. Paul uh, in his letter to the church in Corinth, uh, a Roman city at his time. And Paul uh, boils it all down to love. And I will share this more with you in a little bit. But it all boils down to love. Paul says that's the main thing. And so if we learn love and out of that love we show mercy, then the answers to justice will actually come quite easily to us. So let's break it down. Let's talk about love first. I think there's a song that goes uh, something like that uh, talking about love. And what is love? 
I like St. Thomas Aquinas' definition. According to St. Thomas Aquinas, uh, he said, love is to will the good of the other. Did you catch that? Love is to will the good of the other. Love is not an emotion. Rather, it's a conscious choice of the will. So we first, in order to do that, have to observe what is the good of the other. Now, we have to be careful here because we can easily attempt to will the good of the other from our own perspective. Uh, what happens a lot of times is from our own limited or or skewed perspective, we project what we believe is the good of the other, even though it may not be good. And then we work from that. But what we have to begin with first is unobstructed observation of the other. And then after observation, then we can move into a plan of action that guides the action we take toward justice for one another. So we observe, and from that observation, without projecting our own perspective, but just from pure observation, then we move towards justice. Now, most social justice is based on grand assumptions that are disconnected from what is good for the other. So we make these just generalized assumptions about groups of people thinking that's what they need, and usually we're way off base. Uh, in my work with the homeless over the years, I've confronted various leaders to say, could we stop this massive project you're, we're on? It's not even close to meeting the need. And they're shocked, and I'm like, but the real need is way over here, because they didn't stop to actually observe. They just made grand assumptions of what need to be done and most social justice involvement has no idea even who the other is remember st thomas aquinas says to will the good of the other we make grand assumptions on the good that needs to be done and we also have no idea even who the other is let alone know what is good for them so real justice demands real relationship. Now, did you catch that? Are you listening? Real justice demands real relationship. You got to know the person first. Now, people will say, well, Black Lives Matter. Great. Tell me the names of some of these individuals with black skin. Tell me some of their names. I know names, quite a few names, and I know their, some of their likes and dislikes, their hobbies, what they do for a living, how many kids they have. But see, what we do is we make these impersonal things instead of bringing it down to the individual. Now, let's look at 1 Corinthians 13 that I was talking about earlier as to what love is, and we're going to apply it to justice. And note in this how modern social justice movements often actually go against this passage. So St. Paul says uh, that love, he gives an introduction, and then he gives uh, the characteristics of real love. He says love is patient. Okay? Love is patient. 
a lot of our social justice movements in modern times are trying to push ramrod things through. But real love is very patient to make sure things go as they should. Love is kind. You see, we've got Antifa, the Proud Boys, these various, quote, social justice people who are some of the most unkind people. But love, which is at the root of real justice, is actually kind. Not just to people that think like they do, but as Jesus says, they love their enemies. So if they see somebody that thinks the opposite of what they do and disagrees with them, they actually are kind to them. Love is not jealous or boastful. It is not arrogant. In other words, look at me. I am awesome because I'm fighting for justice. Uh, let me say this as somebody who has fought for justice for decades at this point. Uh, get over yourself, please. You're not that important, and neither am I. We're just small people working together in large numbers. But in the long run, 100 years from now, nobody's going to remember what you did. It's okay. What's important is that you're doing it. Love is not rude. Doesn't call names, label people, shut people down, cut off their sentences. Love does not insist on its own way. Catch that? What do you think about that? Love does not insist on its own way. Yeah. You have to think like I do. No, that's not love. Love is not irritable. Go on Facebook and when you try to mention a topic of injustice, look in the comments section and see if people are observing that love is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrong, but rejoices in the right. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. See, that, and I encourage you to go back and study 1 Corinthians 13 again, but that is where you get to the path of real justice, is living that out and letting those virtues, those qualities of love develop inside of you. And I encourage you to pray and ask God to help that develop inside of you. Love is the deep decision to will the good of the other without willing our own good. That is what is at the heart of real justice. And, of course, the ultimate example is the cross of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was crucified, and, I, you know, I think it's been lost in the 21st century, but this Roman act of crucifixion, of executing criminals, was horrid. It was a terrible process, especially the way they did it to Jesus. And yet, after being so brutally punished, Jesus has nails, spikes through his hands and feet. He's hanging on this cross and he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Justice. You see, real love.
real love at the root of that. So that's love. Now let's look at mercy. Time to break down mercy out, because out of love grows mercy. Uh, mercy, like love, is not a feeling. It is a radical action. And I mean radical. I want to talk for a moment about the real radical nature of mercy. Mercy, in a sense, is saying, I can pulverize you, but I'm actually going to give you a break. I'm going to show mercy. I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to beat you up. I'm not going to burn down your business. I'm actually going to lighten up. And I'm going to to show mercy. I'm going to show kindness to you. You know, we all want mercy when we mess up. But oftentimes we don't want to give it out. But in real justice, we show mercy mercy to both the oppressed and again and the oppressor because they both are in need and to show and to really show mercy we have to experience mercy ourselves jesus said that to whomever is shown mercy will show mercy to others uh so maybe you know one reason if why you don't show mercy to others is because you haven't come to the point of realizing your own need for mercy. But as St. Augustine, a 4th century saint, said, uh, we are all beggars at the door of God's mercy. So if you realize I am a beggar desperately in need of God's mercy, and because I realize that and because I'm in touch with that need, then I can grant mercy to others. But when we fail to experience mercy ourselves, then we are left to judge others and to be generally judgmental, which the opposite of mercy would be being judgmental to others. Name-calling, labeling, putting down, all those kinds of things. And mercy really is the opposite of judgment. In mercy, we live out justice by not judging people or situations, but rather by observing a situation and bringing wholeness to people. Because isn't that what we're trying to do in creating a just society is bringing wholeness to society. Judging actually uh, uh, just boxes people in and actually perpetuates injustice. But when we show mercy, give people a break, don't judge them, and carry out judgment on them, then we are actually in a place to actually see real justice realized in society. Now, I do want to say that not judging people does not mean that we do not call people out. Okay, It doesn't mean we roll over, play dead. It doesn't mean that we're, we're just kind of uh, uh, weaklings. Little lambs. No, judging people doesn't mean that we don't call people out. In fact, Jesus certainly called people on the carpet. But he did so without being judgmental. What he did was he observed the reality of something, then acted accordingly, and his goal was to heal or to awaken. Maybe he was calling religious leaders out in hopes to awaken them. 
But in a judgmental state, the goal becomes to label and cast out another. As we come towards the end of this episode, I want to talk about an example of a saint uh, during the Nazi reign in Germany in the 1930s, uh, St. Maximilian Kolbe. St. Maximilian Kolbe was a Catholic priest, and I believe he's a mendicant. And he showed great mercy in Auschwitz. In fact, he's called the Saint of Auschwitz. He died in the Auschwitz concentration camp. Uh, and to begin with, he ended up in Auschwitz because he was in line to be considered. And the uh, Germans' uh, guards were determining, the Nazi guards, I should say, were determining who should be in Auschwitz. And uh, one man got chosen, and the man cried out for mercy and said, Please don't take me. I have a wife and children to care for. And the guards didn't really care. But St. Maximilian Colby, who could have gone free that day, he spoke up. And he says, please let the man go and I'll take his place. What an act of mercy voluntarily going into Auschwitz. And then while he's in Auschwitz being starved to death, subject to hard labor and all the various tortures he went through, he still heard people's confessions. He still healed people, constantly focused on other. He showed mercy to his guards and uh, his captors and just a real saint of mercy. And I will say this, he was a saint of mercy because he had a, uh, quite the intimate relationship with our Blessed Mother. And when you have an intimate relationship with our Blessed Mother, the Virgin Mary, then you're going to be a person of, of mercy and of justice. Uh, love and mercy is going to just flow out of you and, and justice will be realized. So I encourage you to develop that relationship with our Blessed Mother. So love and mercy must be the first thing we work on within ourselves. It's not about getting the project done, the law overturned, whatever, all that. The very first thing we have to work on is within ourselves and, and, uh, and developing love and mercy in that. We, you have to experience them first from God, then show it to others. And our riots and yelling and burning of buildings, we are showing neither love or mercy. Name-calling, labeling, and crucifying shows a complete lack of both love and mercy. And may we, uh, as people, show love and mercy right where we are. You've been listening to Common Sense on Social Justice with your host, Michael Davis. A common sense and fresh perspective to creating justice where you are. Share your comments and questions with Michael by emailing sjcommonsense at gmail.com. That's sjcommonsense at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.